Welcome to the CC Broadcast, a part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. This week we'll be hearing from our associate radio preacher, Pastor Tim Butker, and his message, Characteristics of Kingdom Work. Well, it's great to have you with us today as we turn our hearts towards the Lord in worship and praise and open his word and invite him to speak to us. We're opening the book of Nehemiah in the Old Testament today, and we're looking at some common characteristics that God calls forth as a part of our lives when we're enlisted in his work in the world. And I think these will be an encouragement to you, and I think they'll also help guide you in your service to the Lord and help you know that you're on track with him when you are, or evaluate at least your life against these characteristics and then also be self-assessing and test yourself in a sense to see if you really are operating in the faith the way you should be. We hope it's a great encouragement to you, and we hope this time of worship and praise also lifts you up and builds you up in your, your confidence, your faith in God. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Move in us, work in us as we spend this time together worshiping you and opening your book, the book you inspired for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my bed. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my bed. When I feel afraid I've lost my way, still you're there right beside me. Nothing will I fear as long as you are near. Please be near me to the end. Lamp unto my feet and a light unto 
Nehemiah is seen as one of the great leaders in the Old Testament. We can learn a lot from him about what it means to do God's work in the world. In the book of Nehemiah, we see that he is a cupbearer to King Artaxerxes in the city of Susa when he receives word that his his own ancestor's homeland, Jerusalem, has been torn down, and he weeps bitterly over this and seeks God. And as a cupbearer, he is asking God what to do. And then he records this in Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. He says, In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, I took up wine and gave it to the king. He was a cupbearer doing this. Now I had not been sad in his presence before. And the king said to me, Why is your face sad? Seeing you are not sick, this is nothing but sadness of heart. Then I was very much afraid, he says. I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, what are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven and I said to the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. And the king said to me, with the queen sitting beside him, How long will you be gone, and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time. And I said to the king, If it pleases the king, let letters be given me to the governors of the province beyond the river, that they may let me pass through until I come to Judah. And a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the fortress of the temple and for the wall of the city and for the house that I shall occupy. And the king granted me what I asked for, and the good hand of God was upon me. Then I came to the governors of the province beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent me with officers of the army and horsemen. But when Sanabalat and Horonite and Tobiah The Ammonite servant heard this. It displeased them greatly that someone had come to seek the welfare of the people of Israel. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a
given news or been made aware of news that just rocks you to the core, just shakes you or takes your breath away. We're in the month of September, and many of us can remember September 11th, 2001, when we first heard the news of the Twin Towers and the hijacking of the airplanes. And uh, so many people can remember exactly where they were, and the emotional uh, locking of that memory into our minds is so real. I recently got a phone call. I'm 55 years old, and my brother was 49, and he passed away suddenly in his chair sitting in his office, and I got news while I was out with some friends on a golf course, and I got a phone call, and it just took my breath away, just shook me to the core. That's what happens to Nehemiah when he's serving as cupbearer to the king in Susa, And the book begins, it says, In the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Nehemiah writing, Hananiah, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant, their people. Nehemiah was a Jewish individual who his family had come from Jerusalem. Now he was living east of there many hundreds of miles in Susa, and his brothers were coming there to visit and probably to do some trade and things like that. And when his brothers come, it says he questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile. They were kicked out of Jerusalem because of their disobedience to God. And he also asked about the city itself, how the city was doing. And they said to me, he writes, those who survived the exile and are back in the province in the Jerusalem area, they are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. Nehemiah has been given information here that shocks him to his core. It takes his breath away, and it causes him to seek the face of God. You know, when 9-11 happened, I was in ministry on a college campus, and I can't even describe how many students showed up at our events not long after the news of 9-11 came out. And that's what happens to Nehemiah. He starts to seek the face of God in a desperate way, like many people did 
in America here when we heard the news of what, was, what had happened to the Twin Towers and the hijacking of the planes. Nehemiah says it this way, When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Isn't it interesting that there are many people who sort of downplay the existence of God and don't acknowledge his presence much, but when push comes to shove and we get ourselves in a reality of a situation where we see how vulnerable we are in life and how vulnerable the world is, Many more of us seek the face of God. And that's what Nehemiah, he's, he's experienced this traumatic news from his homeland. And he sat down and wept. And for days he's mourned and fasted and prayed and sought the face of God. And after some time in prayer, he was ready to do something. And we can learn from the scriptures about how God works in the world and how he wants to enlist us in his work, in his redemptive work. And we see this so clearly in Nehemiah. As a matter of fact, the New Testament tells us that all that was written in the past was written to teach us and to encourage us so that what we read in the, in the past about what happened and God working in the world, you and I might be encouraged and have hope in the present. And we certainly see that when we look at Nehemiah. We see then how he goes about partnering with God in the redemptive work of God in the world. Now, this is an actual physical redemption of a city that Nehemiah is talking about. But of course, when we get to the New Testament, we're talking about the spiritual redemption of human souls through the work of Christ that we're called to be involved in. And there's there's so many similarities in the nature of the work we see here from Nehemiah that the work of God and partnering with God in the building of his kingdom in the world, first and foremost, it's a prayerful work. It's a prayerful work. What is the first thing Nehemiah did when he heard this news and was given a burden about a brokenness in the world that, of course, God cared about, and God is burdening him with it? He, he, He weeps, he prays, he fasts, he mourns for days. Prayer. You can read his prayer in Nehemiah chapter 1, and his prayer continues throughout all of his work. The work of God in the world is foundationally supported with prayer. This is one of the great aspects of kingdom advancement, is the work of prayer. Are you praying about the burdens God has put on your heart? Are you seeking his face? You know, Every challenge, every bit of brokenness in the world is an opportunity for you and I to seek the face of God and pray. Perhaps there's something in your life right now that you're dealing with that you haven't been praying about that you should. You should begin seeking God with it and laying it before him. The work of God in the world in us is first and foremost a prayerful work. But then we see Nehemiah, as he continues to pray, he, he then takes action, and he moves into what I might call a dignified work. See, before Nehemiah goes before King Artaxerxes now, the king that he was serving under uh, with this burden, he ends his lengthy time of prayer with a simple prayer and says, Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of the king. And so, Clearly, he's praying about his actions and what steps to take and for God to give him favor in joining him in this burden he's given to help redeem Jerusalem. And then he begins the work in a dignified way as he goes before the king prayerfully. 
He says, in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought before him, this is Nehemiah, wine being brought that he's supposed to be a cupbearer for, to take to the king, to test the wine. He says, I took the wine and gave it to the king. And then he adds this little note. He says, I had not been sad in his presence, the presence of the king before. He had managed his emotions in a very dignified way in his service to the king. But at this point, he could no longer hide his sadness. But he makes note that he had not burdened the king with unnecessary burdens before for him personally. But now he was sad, truly sad. And the king took note. The king noticed. See, all of this is bathed in prayer, and God is opening a door here for Nehemiah to be heard by the king Artaxerxes about the burden that God has put upon him. And the king asked him, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing, the king says, but sadness of heart. (laughs) So God has opened a door for Nehemiah. Bathed in prayer, he begins to seek God's wisdom about steps to take to deal with the burden he's been given about his homeland of Jerusalem. This is the work of God in the world. You see, Jerusalem is the apple of God's eye. This is all a a foretaste imagery to teach us about how God works in the world. And this doorway is open. And Nehemiah says this, I was very much afraid. I mean, he's standing there in the king's presence, and he's probably trembling in his boots. He's probably never burdened the king before with anything personal. And he says, I was very much afraid. But I said to the king, may the king live forever. He he gives respect and reverence to the king in a very dignified way because Nehemiah has been quickened by God in prayer for the dignity of life and the beauty and wonder of this world and the need for redemption. And he's being motivated and inspired by it. And he knows he needs to appeal to a worldly authority. See, Nehemiah is clearly serving two kings here. He's got the earthly king, King Artaxerxes, he's serving, but on a higher plane. He is serving the the God of Israel, the God of all creation, the king of all kings. And he's praying to that king as he makes an appeal to this worldly king. So he's very much afraid. But he says to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad? Here he gets vulnerable before the king. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed? By fire. He shares his heart. Here's a key aspect of our leadership in the world. A lot of times God's favor doesn't come to us when we're strong, but when we're weak. See, when we're humble. And now Nehemiah is humbling himself before this earthly king and being vulnerable and telling him what's happened in his heart and why he's sad. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Now it's hanging in the balance. Will the king respond in a positive way? This whole moment has been bathed in prayer, the foundation of prayer and the work of the kingdom. The king said to me, what is it you want? Oh, the door has opened for Nehemiah. The prayer has gone before him. God has opened this door to talk with the king about his situation. He's involved in this dignified work. And there Nehemiah sits. It's just one of these moments you you probably would never forget in life. 
you know, these moments where so much hangs in the balance. And the king says, what is it you want from me? And now Nehemiah has to decide, am I going to be courageous and speak up and talk to the king? Or am I going to shrink back and say, no, it's not too big of a deal. It's no, I don't want to bother you with the king. But he shows courage. And so often when you and I are in the world and we want to do what's right before God, we need to be bathed in prayer and be prayerful in what we're doing. We need to approach our work in a very respectful and dignified way. But sooner or later, there are going to come those moments where you and I have to show courage, where we have to step out of our comfort zone, as Nehemiah is doing here, and we have to seize the moment at hand and take the opportunity that God is laying before us. Just in honor of our nation in America here and the 9-11 that we celebrate in September, I'm going to share with you one of these moments from a gentleman named Todd Beamer who was on flight 93 in September 11th back then. And he's talking to his wife, and they knew the plane had been hijacked. They were hearing the other planes were being crashed. And he says to his wife on the phone, we're not going to make it out of here. He says, listen to me. His wife's name is Lisa. I want you to hear this. I have talked with the others. We've decided we would not be pawns in these hijacker suicidal plot. And then Lisa responds, Todd, what are you going to do? And Todd says, we've hatched a plan. Four of us are going to rush the hijacker with the bomb and we'll take him out. We'll break into the cockpit. A stewardess is getting some boiling water to throw on the hijackers at the controls. We'll, we'll get them. We'll take them out. Will you do one last thing for me? And he says this to his wife, Lisa. And Lisa says, yes, what is it? And Todd says, would you pray with me? And then they prayed. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he finished the Lord's Prayer and then those famous words, let's roll, let's roll. Nehemiah is standing before the king and the king has asked him what he wants and he has to decide, am I going to take action now? Am I going to move with the king? Am I going to go forward? And of course he says, then I prayed to the God of heaven. In these moments, you know, you'll never, you'll never see an atheist in a foxhole or under pressure like this. Nehemiah, he said he was very much afraid. He prayed to the God of heaven. And he answered the king and he said, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city of Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. And then the king, sitting with the queen beside him, asked me, how long will your journey take and when will you get back? And if it pleased the king to send me, it did. So I set a time. And he asked further of the king to actually give him permission to pass through the land and letters to do it safely and, and rights to some forest and wood in the area so he could rebuild the walls and the city. And the king granted all this. And Nehemiah said he granted all this to me because of God's hand being upon me and his favor being upon me. And Nehemiah set out some 750 to 950 mile journey, some 70 to 100 days. He left the palace. He left the comfort of his his land there, his position, his cupbearer, his status in that city. And he headed all the way to the broken down city of Jerusalem. 
and he and God involved in hard work of rebuilding the apple of God's eye, the city of Jerusalem, the Israelite people's home. Friends, this is characteristic of God. He calls us into arenas where we're burdened, where we want to seek his face, we want to pray, and then we'll be moved to be involved in some redemptive work with him. And as we do that redemptive work, we, we do it in a dignified manner, in a way that honors God, and sooner or later it requires courage and self-sacrifice. It's a life-altering work. Friends, this has not changed for thousands and thousands of years. We live in a broken world. And to be a part of God's redemptive plan, we have to be spiritually in touch with him through prayer. We have to carry ourselves in a, in a way that's honorable and right before him, to live our lives in a manner worthy of our calling in a dignified way. And then we have to show courage. We have to be self-sacrificing. We have to be willing to let go of the creature comfort sometimes of this world and get our hands dirty in the work of the kingdom of God. I hope this has encouraged you today. Characteristics of work in the kingdom. God is so good. May you be encouraged to serve him more fully with your lives based on the inspiration, the model of Nehemiah. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this time and thank you for your word which teaches us without error what to believe and how to live. And the Old Testament was written to give us hope, to encourage us on, to inspire us. We thank you for it. We thank you for Nehemiah's example and his courage and his tenacity and his sacrificial service to you and how that has taught so many of us about leadership over the years. May we continue to learn what you've revealed to us and what you want to teach us by your spirit in serving you in this world by faith. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus, the penalty he paid on the cross for our sins, that we could be right with you and have peace with you and then learn to grow in our faith and service to you through faith in him. We pray this in his matchless name, the name of Jesus. Amen.
Hi, this is Matt Reister, Executive Director for Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Thanks for tuning in to today's broadcast. We're here to proclaim Jesus Christ as Redeemer of the world and to promote the truth of God's Word. In addition to this weekly broadcast, we want to mention two podcasts which you can listen to for free on our website, ChristianCrusaders.org, or on our mobile app, the Christian Crusaders app, which can be downloaded from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. The CC Podcast Daily Dose features short devotions from an overview of the Bible and the CC Podcast Conversations features inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. You can listen to those interviews and over 60 others, as well as our daily Bible overview devotion and this broadcast, along with archive broadcasts from former preachers on our website, ChristianCrusaders.org, or on our free mobile app. Today you've been listening to the broadcast transmission of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. We're one of America's longest-running radio ministries on the air since 1936. We are completely donor-funded and donations are tax-deductible. They can be sent to 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613, or made online at christiancrusaders.org. Thank you for tuning into this broadcast. We'll be here again next week at the same time, and until then, may God richly bless you.